Is that a California wildfire? Or not California, Canada wildfires? Yep. Dude, yeah. the same difference. Am I right? <laughs> it's like insane. Guys. Like, it actually looks like fog, like, by me right yeah. now. Yeah. It's crazy, like, man. It's can't even so see the skyscrapers. Weird. It's, yeah. You can't see the city center from where I am. That's wild. It's nuts. I never experienced it until I moved here, and now I feel like all y'all are experiencing it, too. Dude. I know. I, uh, <laughs> I'm i tired of these Canadians attacking my city. It's all Drake. It's his fault. Hello and welcome to the Big One Podcast. This is B-Boy with me, virtually, our baby G, and you guys say hi to the folks at home. Hello, folks at hey, home. Hey, folks at home. Nice to see you. Or or on their drive. They may not be at home, you know. At the gym, at work. Who knows? Man, who listens to podcasts at a gym? That's psychopathic behavior. Music hmm. only at the gym. Interesting. I don't think, you know, I'm an avid podcast listener. I listen to podcasts during most of my free time. Uh, and I, I can't say I've ever listened to one at the gym. It just seems weird. I wonder, you know, I've listened to them while going on runs. Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay. Gym feels too social to be like listening to someone talk in your ear, you know? Yeah. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Wherever you're at, at home or not, or the Big One Podcast, we talk motorsports, a lot of NASCAR, got some ARCA, some Formula E this week, uh, you know, breaking breaking it down, as it were, um, as we like to do. Uh, this week, we are sponsored by Baby G. Who are we sponsored by? We've got HEPA air quality filters. Any brand, any type you can get out in the Midwest, we need them because we got these California not California. We got these Canadian oh, players oh, uh, man. In- intercepting our you. cities. <laughs> I incepted you. Canada's waging war with the Midwest, and we are fighting back hard with our air filters. So we're getting through it. The voices might be a little scratchy this week, but hey, we're here. We're doing it. Yeah. Mm. I am choosing the correct time to leave the country. Pro tip, um, if Canada starts attacking you with wildfire smoke, fly to England. Yeah. I'm flying to San Diego, so you know, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very smart. Get to beautiful areas. Very that's smart. that's what you gotta do. Yeah. All right, well let's dive right in. Our uh, first topic this week is Unis Watch. Unis Watch. Y'all get to watch Arca at all? No. I got replays. Did not see the entire race though. Cool, cool. I yeah, same here. I just saw highlights. Um, really went to go check on it after, well, after it was over, I forgot to, to watch the race. Um, but yeah, uh, Frankie Munez ran really well, had a good top five car, was running really well from what I had seen. Um, and then he got, uh, hooked into the wall. Tough, tough, tough break. We just been talking about last week, how he keeps the car under him. He doesn't get in accidents, which is so important for a guy that says he doesn't have full funding for the season. Um, and had been running so well in that race. I mean, again, most of the time we see him running 10th to 15th most of the race and then trying turning it on at the end kind of thing. He was running really well all race. Um, and so, unfortunately, he finishes 16th 
overall. Still second in points. That's cool. Yeah, that uh, that's quite unfortunate. I mean, I'm glad to see that he's still second in points, but you never want to see your boy get taken out of a race that he's doing yeah. well in. It was a big hit, and uh big hit to new guy's fandom because another one of his favorite drivers had a big hit this weekend, but we'll get to that soon. Mm. Um, what about Tony? How'd Tony do there, baby G? Tony, baby, she was uh, in trucks this week, and she had a 17th place finish, which is awesome. Uh, so my personal opinion, Haley Deegan, our friendship is owner, is over. Tony, baby, you're my best friend because she's outperforming Haley nice. and worse equipment. I don't know what's up with the Thor Sport trucks this year. They just seem to be not performing not the way they have in the past. Yeah. Is that drivers? Is that equipment? Or are they just having an off season? I can't really figure out what's going on with that team this year. Mixture of the two, I think. Yeah, I you know this is this has become a, a kind of a thing just to get on the Deegan topic before we break down the truck race overall, but yeah the the topic has kind of been like is Haley Deegan a bust already or do you, can you even say that when a person's experience is Arca and truck and they haven't even gotten to Xfinity when Xfinity is such a different thing to drive you know um, I don't think she's done enough to warrant getting an Xfinity ride but just from pure fandom and sponsorship, maybe Deegan deserves a spot somewhere. But you, if you don't get a good ride, I mean, how are you going to be effective in Xfinity either? I, I feel like Deegan's already crashing out. To your point, Doni, uh, Doni, <laughs> Tony is definitely the one on the up and up. <laughs> Doni. It's interesting with Deegan because it seems like every race she's in a spin on her own, some kind of incident where it just seems like it shouldn't be an incident incident it's like the inconsistency of her performance is just like blaring how poor she's doing compared to some of the other drivers so mm-hmm. i don't know if she's just trying too hard or she's just took not someone. cut out for the trucks or what but she just can't handle yeah. those trucks and keep them on the track she took someone out this week i forget who it was but someone yeah blamed her after the wreck i mean 21 she finished in 17th overall and 22 she finished in 21st overall this year mm-hmm. she's averaging like in the lower 20s and last year thor sport racing so uh they didn't have anyone racing full-time for them last year but the previous two years they finished in 13th and 15th so she's like theoretically a few places behind where Johnny Sauter was, assuming that things like stayed relatively consistent with Thor sport. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know. I think that it's the type of thing yeah, of like, I don't know if we can conclude off of this, that she's a bust, but I think that we're very justified in not being impressed or excited and ending our friendship and beginning a blossoming new friendship with our good friend, Tony. Yeah. Also, is it sexist of us to assign Deegan the label a bust just because there's a new woman driver on the up and up? Um, I think that we would be down for both of them to be around. I would. I just want them to finish better. I think it's just that Tony, I don't know. I feel like we've just been watching. We've had the hype here for a while with Haley. Yeah. And, it's not and now out. Tony has the hype. I'm so, I'm ready for Haley to not be a bust and keep it going. All right. Well, we wishful thinking. Thank All right. You. Well, let's uh, let's break down this truck race then. Uh, stage one winner Zane Smith on a on a Friday night. Stage two winner Corey Heim. So basically, the the two you're going to see battling for a championship, winning the first two stages. But then 
the newcomer, not really the newcomer, third season in truck, but the guy that is going to also be battling for this championship, the waste winner, his second win overall in the season, and in his young career, Carson Hosevar. Dude's everywhere. Nice to see him get a nice clean win for once. Um, had to wreck the three leaders to win his last race. So, uh, And I uh, like the excitement, like the 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 amount of uh, uh, energy put into the, the burnout and everything else after the race. I, I dug it. Good truck race, man. Raja Karuth led his first truck rap, truck laps. That was pr- pretty cool oh. to see early on in this race. So well done mm-hmm. for uh, Karuth getting out there up front and leading the lap. Unfortunately, he had a little bit of an incident shortly, shortly after he led that first lap. Yeah, they were having some issue with the fuel pickup. Uh, fuel wasn't getting to the engine. They brought it down and tried to put fuel in it and didn't fix it. He had to go back out there like, I don't know, 20, 30, something like laps down and finish the race. But, yeah, he, he ran up there and passed for the for the lead and, and you know, looked really strong right out of the gates. I, I was so excited for – it was literally as he passed for the lead, he got to the lead, led a lap, and they, literally the next lap the fuel pickup issue happened. Um, hate to see it. Uh, Rasha, please. Need a complete race out of you. Please, Raja. All right, well, uh, any other comments on the truck race? Yeah, stage two on this one was a total wreck fest. This kind of happens sometimes in these truck races, so that was fine. But it did get really spicy at the end. So with about 10 laps to go, Zane Smith was running down Carson Hosevar. We ended up getting a caution from the 52 going around. And I don't know what they were doing, but it took absolutely forever for this race to restart. So the caution comes out with 10 laps to go. We don't go green until three laps to go, and, and that really hurt some of the guys so that weird. came in. So Nick Sanchez came in for tires, and he, if that thing would have gone green with four laps or five laps to go, Nick Sanchez wins this race easy because he was running mm-hmm. them down super fast at the end of that race and just didn't have enough time if they didn't take those extra laps to get going again. Yeah, four laps to go, they would have been side-by-side side coming to the line. Absolutely. I mean, would have been a photo finish. Yeah, yeah would have been good. Uh, but as it were, still exciting to watch him run up there. He ended up finishing second, right? Yes. So he yep. said, okay, yeah. Well, so, yeah, that was a good call. Um, but, yeah, truck races at uh, Slippery Speedways, uh, going to have a lot of wrecks. Um, not not surprising there. Uh, anything else on truck? Cool, Saturday. Let's move on to Xfinity Racing. Um, who wants to break it down? Stage 1 winner, Ty Gibbs. Your stage two winner was Chandler Smith, and your race winner took two overtimes, but A.J. Allmendinger pulled out the race win. Yeah, exciting finish, um, as an overtime finish always is. There, were, uh, This was one that I saw only part of, um, was that Formula E race, and uh, or, or I was out, and actually I was. I think it was at a record signing when this started for Portugal the Man, which was cool. Um, and then uh, out at some brewery. So I saw parts of this, and then I had to go back and watch the rest of the race uh, when I got home. But uh, a very exciting finish. Um, and another one where uh, some of the guys that uh, uh, finished behind A.J. Allmendinger were pretty upset about uh, the fact that a another cup guy comes down and wins one of these races. And uh, Ty Gibbs and Chandler Smith also stealing stealing some of those uh, um you know, playoff points from the guys that really need them in Xfinity. Uh, but the real controversy was about A.J. Allmendinger and the damage that he received. I think it was in Stage 1, at uh, the end of Stage 1, I think it was, or maybe early Stage 2. 
he basically had uh, his truck or his uh, Xfinity back end kind of messed up to the point where he had less drag. And so he went from like maybe like a fifth place car to being like five seconds ahead of everyone else, um, which was a pretty wild transformation for that car. I had that in my notes as well. So the announcers talked about this for quite a long time. So apparently every team, maybe not every team, but just about every team was on the radio complaining about how is he able to drive so much faster right now? And then as they saw more and more of him getting around the track, he did have that Mm -hmm. rear end damage that was, it was kind of flared out a little bit or something. So it was insane. All of a sudden he's just like flying through the field and Mm -hmm. you don't think that would happen with damage, but it was just something that, it's kind of screwed with the arrow of the car and made him a little bit faster. Yeah. In NASCAR's history, this has happened a number of times. I, The most blaringly obvious and funny one, I think, was Dale Jr. at, I want to say it was Martinsville, had, like, the entire right front corner panel of the or quarter of the car damaged. So they cut the whole thing off so the right front tire was exposed. But then all that cool air was able to get that tire, and he was, like, dramatically faster than he was before the fender was on the car. Um, there's been other ones too, where, you know, the back wing gets bent. Uh, I remember it happened on a car of tomorrow car and then has happened on, it wasn't the next gen car, but those, those kind of like lower horsepower, very drag and aero dependent cars that we had for two years there. It happened, uh, in a cup race there. Uh, so it's happened before I, it's, it's a hard one. How does NASCAR police this kind of thing when the damage comes from an actual wreck, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think you just let it happen like you know it's almost always the case that wrecking is bad so in the instance that it turns out to be good i remember i saw a uh rally car rally cross race i think the first ever like rally cross clip that i saw this dude uh one or two laps before the finish clips the wall Mm -hmm. and knocks out the tow link in his car so his like rear right wheel is able to freely pivot and basically no passively steer and he ends up just using <laughs> it to whip the thing around corners and just goes so much faster than everyone else and ends up really? like taking this thing that would normally be a big disadvantage and really using it to his advantage yeah was, he basically had three tires that would turn right yeah instead of two it was that's crazy so cool and i you know wow. i think like <sighs> I think if it becomes the thing where they're like deliberately crashing to try to get that extra advantage, sure. but I think if it happens, sorry guys, sucks to suck, and yeah. uh, it's cool to be cool. It does just become one of those things though that like NASCAR could, uh, like keep them in the pits longer to fix it the right way, right? And I think that's where it kind of comes down to is, I remember there was a race a long time ago that. Jimmy Johnson uh, uh, was like, uh, had one of his crew members, and no idea if this was intentional or not. One of his crew members on the right side of the car fell forward into the body panel and basically dented it inward, uh, right in front of the right rear wheel. And after that, NASCAR didn't let him go green. They brought him back down to pull it out because he had kind of dented it in. And. Jim, Jim, like the the radioactive it was chad was like talking to jimmy was just like they're bringing us down because they said we like did an unimproved adjustment to the car because <laughs> our, our crew member fell into the car yeah. um but like you nice. know that was an instance where nascar was like no you gotta you gotta bring it back to what it was and so in this case they could have done the same thing you know they just chose not to yeah i'm cool with nascar doing it in the case where 
your crew member punches your car. <laughs> or uh, Sterling Marlin, 2001 Daytona 500, gets out and like pulls the fender out while they were under red. I actually, this might be controversial. Not under red, but I think under green, the driver should be able to get out of the car and pull the fender. And help out, yeah. And the driver can make unapproved adjustments. I was gonna say, does that count as too many men over the wall? <laughs> yeah. I I like it. Let's yeah, let's uh, let's ship that one off to NASCAR. We always have a good good rule adjustment. Every very week, good so. rule adjustments. Yeah. Um, the other the other big thing or the other storyline here in Xfinity, it wasn't a storyline when I saw it, and this is actually one of the things that I did see live, is that Sheldon Creed goes down into a into a corner underneath Sammy Smith had been apparently a little frustrated about how Sammy had been racing him. Sammy kind of tries to chop down on his nose, and Sheldon kind of wiggles the car up the track in such a way that it kind of looked like he just lost the car, and he takes out uh, takes out Sammy Smith. Um, Sheldon goes on. He finished in the 17, 18 position or something like that, but Sammy was done for the race. Um, I thought nothing of it except for the fact that he did say something on the radio about paying him back. And then they penalized him today, 25 uh, driver and owner points. So um, NASCAR, always after you if you're willing to admit that you wrecked someone on purpose. So Same penalty as Hamlin and Chastain, just the fine was half mm-hmm. of what it was. Same amount of points, but only a $25,000 fine instead of a $50,000 fine. And NASCAR just said the fines are lower because obviously the Xfinity teams don't have as much funding. Oh, I, I, I thought it was interesting, too, because Sheldon Creed, literally, was it two weekends ago at Portland, was him and John Hunter Nemechek both wrecked each other, and Sheldon admitted it, too, in that, in the post-race interview. He said, yeah, he wrecked me, I got back to him, I wrecked him, and we both moved on. And NASCAR didn't do anything about that one, you know? Is it just because they were able to pay each other back? Certainly could be, but it seems like it should have been, you know, that two weeks ago that, yes, maybe there should have been something if both drivers are saying, yeah, we're, we intentionally are wrecking each other or whatever. It seems odd that they didn't slap him down a little bit there with a, maybe a smaller fine, but now this time it's okay. You did it again. They're, they're putting it on you with the points and the penalty and the fine. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. New guy. You want to break down the cup race for us? I would love to. I actually have three pages worth of notes here. So you're really shit gonna be getting a good time my friend (laughs) all right so stage one uh it starts off pretty early by about lap 11 chastain and reddick are like up just the two of them three seconds ahead of the rest of the pack i mean they're looking real strong off the get-go chastain and reddick look strong pretty much this whole race and it starts off very early um lap 18 Kyle Busch has an issue with his right front, and he pits early. Goes down one lap right away, right at the beginning of the race uh, as a result. And in the booth, they all are like, yeah, whatever, it happens. He's going to be fine. And they're right. He does extremely good fuel management the entirety of the first stage and is back on uh, the first lap. I think he's like at the back, back in the top 16 by the end of uh, stage one. Um, let's see here. I also had written down that Dale is just so good in the booth. It's so nice having him back in the booth, man. <laughs> I will say the beginning of the race, uh, where him and Jeff were having to call part of the race from the pit, yeah. pit lane was a, it, like, <laughs> I get that they had to shorten the, the, the pre-race because they moved the race up and everything, uh-huh. but like they couldn't hear each other uh-huh. next to each other and uh-huh. they couldn't hear anyone else. 
and Dale was clearly very distracted and like. I like the attempts, but NBC, like, it, they can't hear shit down yeah. there, man. It was yeah. so funny. Yeah, I'm like, what is going on with this broadcast, right? It was a hot mess to start, but then they really cleaned it up and yeah. once we got gone. It yeah. was pretty goofy. Um, I did really like his comment about single versus double exhaust between Xfinity and Cup. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. that, that's why Xfinity is, like, quieter is because the exhaust only comes out one side, whereas Cup is yeah. just... Do you know... If, I don't know if they're using mufflers in Chicago. Uh, they had tested with mufflers, right? Okay. But I don't know that they. I really hope that greenlit them for anything. Because, yeah. oh, man, I mean, I, I'm I'm sad. I'm not gonna be here. I want to see the race, but boy, oh boy, if it's if they're not using mufflers, it's not a bad one to miss. I mean, at this point, Takes when you know like it's probably gonna be a one and done, well. just fuck it. Just go out there and do it, loud and proud. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm curious to see whether or not it's a one and done. Hold on. Oh, I'll hold on to that. Don't tell. Say anything. Dibs on that uh rapid fire okay (laughs) done all right well uh keep going with your notes okay here we go um lap 61 ross finally hits traffic it's been him and reddick back and forth he hits traffic guess who it is noah gragson Mm -hmm. uh tyler does some great moves to set things up ends up passing him and taking the lead ends up looking like it's like decently aero dependent or they're just not going to be fighting super hard um but uh, Reddick ends up taking the lead, ends up winning stage one. They all pit, and interestingly, they come back out. It's Reddick, Chastain, Byron, Truex at the end of stage one. At the end of pitting, Byron's pit crew is just so dang good. He gains two spots, comes out in first place. Reddick loses two spots, and they restart Byron, Chastain, Reddick, Truex. Week in, week out, that pit crew is delivering and putting him in front of the field. It's impressive. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's real dang good. Speaking of pit crews and, and doing well, uh, I'm guessing we're about to get to Reddick's pit crew. Um, that's on here. <laughs> uh, stage two. So uh, right, at the, right after the restart in stage two, they go three wide for three laps straight fighting mm-hmm. over the lead. That was nuts. It was great. That's crazy. This racing is stupid. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Chastain, Byron, and Truex are fighting three wide uh, for three laps. Eventually, Truex wins the fight. Chastain and Byron keep fighting. That's about, about 11 laps in. This one isn't too consequential, but I just uh, thought it was nice. 14 laps into stage two, Blaney took seventh place from Larson. I just thought that was worth writing down. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see, let's see. Okay, so then big things happening here. Lap 49, Reddick loses a wheel, spins off of four. Like, his his tire starts going down, and then he spins, and then he ends up losing the wheel as he's, like, partly on pit road. So I think the penalty ends up being less than if it came off while he was out on the track. But he ends yeah. up spinning. He blocks pit road. They throw a yellow flag. Yeah. They gave him the tail of tail end of the line penalty, but he he basically lost two laps because he had a pit once and then came and lost the tire too, right? So he he was down two laps for the rest of the race essentially, and, yeah. and ended up hurting him just as badly as it would have anyway. But yeah, they did his tire did officially come off on pit lane, and so therefore he got the lesser of the penalty, and nobody got suspended or anything. So yeah. 
It was quite unfortunate. Um, but we restart uh, about 60-ish laps in a little bit before that, I think. Uh, and right at the restart, the 8, the 6, and unfortunately my dear, dear Ryan Blaney all spin. It doesn't look that bad, but they end up not being able to recover, or at least Blaney ends up not being able to recover, and he hits the wall, and unfortunately it's just a straight-up concrete wall. Yeah, no safer barrier. They had made changes to the car to make them safer in head-on collisions. But yeah, yeah, it's just straight into a concrete wall. I read that this wall, the reason is that this wall is too short for a mm -hmm. safer barrier to be on it. But they need to but have... they could put barrels. Yeah, they need to put barrels or tires or just something there so that you're not just yep. hitting a concrete wall. Like, what are you guys thinking? It's also just like... It's a weird place to spin, right? And yeah. so, like, I also can understand where they didn't put stuff there because it's just such a weird place to spin going into a corner like that. Only on a restart like that could that really happen. Um, and, and also, that, that all was caused by the six not getting going. And then, like, I, I forget what he said. If he said he, like, missed a shift or what happened. But he dropped, like, a rock and stacked the whole field up. So... Yeah. On NASCAR's YouTube, the reason for there not being the safer barrier there is apparently for the safer barrier to be effective. It has to be like 100 feet long, and apparently that mm -hmm. little stretch where they have that concrete wall wasn't 100 feet. But to our point, why don't you just have some barrels there with sand in it yeah. or something? Like, it just seems nonsensical Tires to have. Cheap. We just got a concrete wall, and apparently the University of Nebraska goes out to every track that NASCAR goes to and does like a walk around and gives them advice on where to put the safer barrier and where not and clearly the corn huskers were wrong on this one because it happened and there was nothing there and blaney he got into that car and he's just like holy shit like he was shook up he could tell he yeah. yeah it was a hard hit and he was only going about 40 to 50 miles an hour it looked like if he was going 100 man he's probably Boy. not racing for a couple weeks yeah, yeah we need to uh Instead of going to a race, let's go to University of Nebraska and protest out in front of the engineering department. Yeah, they they can't even think about barrels filled with corn. Come on, come Fucking on, Fucking idiots. Come on. I don't trust Nebraska to do anything but lose football games. So damn, get fucking roasted. I think this is a yeah. fun idea. Fill the barrels with popcorn and also something <laughs> that gets like hot or explodes when it gets hit. So then, when the cars hit it, popcorn shoots out. And that's both a tasty <laughs> snack and a fun thing. Yeah, I'm sure that would have made Blaney's days to sit down and get butter all over his <laughs> pants. Um, yeah, Blaney was shook up. He he said it was the hardest hit of his career. Yeah, um, that was rough. The, the, the last thing I want to call out on this is that NBC immediately afterwards had that graphic ready to go to show you exactly how they had made those <laughs> changes for safety, and it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, God bless NBC's coverage. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I heard that for the Chicago race, they're going to be having a deal with Garrett's popcorn, and instead of tire barriers, it's just going to be barrels of Garrett's popcorn divided into the three sections. All right, as long as they don't use the caramel, because that shit's nasty. I will fight you. Once we get <laughs> to Las Vegas, I'm going to fight you. <laughs> New guy, this is why we're good. We can get the half caramel, half cheese, and then we can both be happy. Ah, that's so sweet. Yep. Um, what else is sweet? Martin Truex Jr. winning stage two is the answer, and then <laughs> that's sort of where my notes end. <laughs> <laughs>
So does someone want to talk about stage three? Yeah, I can I can break down definitely the start of it. The, they restart stage three, and Denny Hamlin and Truex stay side by side for I think like six to eight laps. Um, like they were just they knew what it meant to lead that race in that moment. Um, but it all didn't matter because in the end, Ross Chastain ends up being the one that runs them down with a great long run car, um, has a better pit stop or or at least better trip down pit lane. Um, then Truex does Hamlin actually had kind of a bad stop there and loses even more time. And so then it just became Truex trying to get back to Ross Chastain, uh, but not being able to. And the, the aero dependence on these cars made for, um, you could draft a guy down the straight and basically stay with him and not like separate by too much if you had a good enough car. But then in the corners, you didn't have enough downforce on the front end to keep the car turning. So you had to find a lane. So at that point, when the car kind of had the air taken off your nose, you just couldn't get your car to turn exactly the way that you needed to and have the speed coming off the corner. You, again, you could draft down the straightaways, but that's about all you could do to kind of keep yourself close. Um, and, and Ross really had a car that was set up for the ability to go into the corner, look in the mirror, see your, see where true exit went, and then turn down across his nose and kind of keep the air off his nose, um, which I think you had noted a little bit there, Baby G. Yeah, Truex had some commentaries after the race where he was really frustrated with the way that the arrow was working in the corner. So anytime that he was making a run on Chastain after that drafting in the straightaway, Chastain would just drive whatever lane he was in, whatever lane Truex was in then, he'd move and block it. So masterclass driving by Chastain there to just take that air off of the car every time Truex thought he had a run. And he did that for a number of laps and a, a really big move by Chastain to step up and, and just dominate the last part of that race. Yeah. We didn't see as much aero dependence in the Xfinity or the truck races. Um, but again, I, I, I think, and Denny, Denny did a really good explanation of this at one of his podcasts where they explained kind of the, the effectiveness of the tires and how the harder tire compound is so susceptible to needing the downforce to keep the tire patch like planted into the into the uh, concrete or asphalt to get the car to turn, and so the aero dependence is actually an effect of this harder tire compound that we have, and what we've spoken to about Goodyear being very conservative of what they bring to the track. They bring a softer compound, then this aero dependence doesn't matter quite as much, and we'll see a lot more tire fall off. Guys get to set up a car for a short run versus a long run. Truex had a better short run car that's why he stayed with with uh, Chastain so well early on into that run after Chastain got to the lead um but you know had Truex gotten past him had we had this different co- tire compound maybe Ross just gets by him again like he had just done on the previous stint uh where where Chastain had a better run long uh, long run car and got by Truex anyway um so I think the best car won overall so yeah I think uh I'm just very impressed to see Chastain doing so well. He's been, like, inconsistent at previous races while also still, I mean, performing well enough to get into the final four. So I guess inconsistent isn't necessarily the right word, Mm -hmm. but he's not gotten, this might be his first mile and a half win. Yeah, it is. Talladega and road course were the only other two, so. Yeah. So I mean, this uh, this is just a really dominant performance by him. It was very impressive, and I think like a significant step on him progressing to being like, honestly, I think the great driver that he can be. 
I know I expect him to end up being. We see it with everyone. I mean, we literally see it with everyone. It, it, it feels weirder when the guy himself is not old or is not uh, young, right? Like we always see these kids, the hosts of ours and Ty Gibbs and Noah Gragson's of the world come in and wreck people a lot. And you just go, oh, they're just kids. They just don't have respect. In Ross's case, I think people are so pissed because he is older. He does have a lot more experience, but it's still his first couple years in Cup, and he's still that guy that wants to scratch and claw to get everything that that the car is worth and that he's worth, just like Kyle Busch did when he entered the sport, just like Joey Logano did when he entered the sport, just like Kevin Harvick did. They all done it. It just seems worse when the guy isn't super young. To your point, Ross, the expectation for him to mature, as it were, is so much higher, and he is he looks a lot better right now. I mean, people were saying, oh, that's why he's not winning right now. But, like, look at that. Very drama-free race. Didn't make any enemies. Um, maybe made a couple friends out of former enemies. He raced – no, Noah raced him badly. He didn't do anything to re- repay the favor or anything. He raced him clean, got by him, and kept moving on, and uh, maybe repaired a couple things in this too and got a win out of it. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, any other comments on the cup race, or should we jump into some storylines? Uh, I don't have any. I'm exhausted. Oh, okay. <laughs> They're saying you don't have any storylines. I was like, how dare you? They're right there. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, Baby G, what's our first storyline? Yeah, first storyline, so a little bit of news about Xfinity and where they're going to be broadcasting next year. So it appears that NASCAR has moved away from their idea of selling the full season of Xfinity to an exclusive streamer. And sounds like likely they're going to be having one company do a mixture of streaming and TV. So uh, to me, just reading between the tea leaves, it's probably an NBC slash Peacock combination, which I would be okay with. I'm loving one race into the NBC broadcast here on Cup. Bring me Xfinity on Peacock or NBC every week, and I'm a happy man. Yeah, we get we get truck all season on Fox, right? Um, hell, it has me kind of not wanting to watch. Uh, luckily, we, we do get Michael Waltrip in the booth uh, for the Fox truck races, which I actually like him in the booth. So, um, But, yeah, the NBC, who, I'm fine with it. Yeah, this is totally cool. All right, uh, you guy, what's our next storyline? Uh, ooh, pretty exciting stuff for F1 here. Ryan Reynolds continuing his uh, progression of investing in sports teams. He's joining Rob McElhenney and Michael B. Jordan. They're buying a 24% stake in the Alpine F1 team. Yeah. Sorry, Alpine. Alpine. Yeah, a team that's struggling a bit this year. I wonder... You know, they, they basically, by buy, buying in and knowing how much they bought in for and knowing that they bought 24%, uh, you can evaluate the club or the F1 team, as it were, and uh, and see that the F1 team values seem a lot higher than they were the last time someone bought in. Um, but overall, Alpine not doing as well this season, so like maybe they're even higher than this. Um, and and, and they, they saw an opportunity to invest where there was a bit of an opportunity here, so... I wonder if they'll rename the yeah. team. I mean, it's only 24% investment, but maybe. Investing in an F1 team just seems like a weird business decision. Agreed. I don't see the value in any of it. And uh, tweeted from our account recently about how I think F1 viewership has nowhere to go but down in the U.S. from now on. But um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think they just need to do... I mean, if if these races just continue being so predictable... Yep. Yeah, Dude, it's not going to be good. Cut the car length by 30%. Cut the car width by 20%. And let's have some fun. 
Hell yeah. Put them in go-karts. Yep. Yeah, I just want to see kart racing. It's fun. Um, cool. Uh, last storyline, a really sad one. Um, Jimmy Johnson had a family tragedy. Uh, his in-laws on his wife's side, uh, apparent murder-suicide of them, and um, I guess it would be his uh, niece or nephew. I, I, I forget who it was, but um, tragedy on, on his in-law's side, uh, and so he has pulled out of the race in the 84 Legacy Motor Club car for the Chicago race, which he was set to do this weekend yeah it's brutal i mean nothing to say other than just so fucked up yeah yeah hate when this stuff happens um on a lighter note speaking of chicago i just saw the tweet and i just sent it to y'all of the jordan branded car that tyler reddick will get to drive this weekend and guess what it's the best one yet whoa that's exciting super pretty uh, I, Damn, that looks awesome. Holy smokes. so nice. And I believe that's the Chicago skyline on the sides there. Yes, it oh. is on the side, yeah. yeah. Whoa, that those colors are so nice. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah. Red like the Canada cool. wildfires. Um, hey. Burger Wars are back too, man. Wendy's has got that car in the cup race now oh, too. Oh, really? Right in McDonald's' backyard there in the Chicago <laughs> area. So, yeah, gonna, we're bringing that Wendy's car back as well. So, Burger Wars are back. Nice. Yeah, oh, that's right. It's the Baconator one this week, right? Oh, yep, I, ju- I just sure. saw that. That's right. I'm going to wear my Wendy shirt then. It's good stuff. Man, Small Cheval should have a car. Ooh, now you're talking. Mm-hmm. All right, now well, uh, that brings us to the end of our storylines. Um, let's jump in some other series. F1, do we have an F1 race this week? I don't know. <laughs> I'm checking my calendar right now. Um, I don't know if it matters. I already told you that I'm not watching them, but no, it doesn't look like... Oh, yeah. no, it looks like we do. I'm, Austria. I'm barely t- paying attention. The oh, yeah. Austrian Grand Prix. Down under. Not Australian. <laughs> Mate. <laughs> Out there in the Alps in Austria, <laughs> down know. under. I freaking... They're going to be... I actually I don't, don't know anything drive about the, cars. The, uh, the Austrian Grand Prix. Um, I don't even remember if I watched it last year, but who cares... So we're going to Chicago, and that's what really matters. Um, other series, Formula Trip E, got to Barbie. go to the Portland race this weekend. Had a good time. Yeah, how was it? My friend, uh, my friend went to his very first motor racing experience ever. Um, we showed up, and literally as we were walking up to our stand, um, which is all the way to the very, very end, so it took us a while to walk in, um, the race started. And so the first time by, we were like at the fence, which obviously – it's not as loud as NASCAR or anything, but it's still pretty cool to watch them come flying by, um, squealing at you, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. What did your friend think? Ended up being a really good race. There was three times the amount of passes of any Formula E race ever. And wow. the it was nice. also, um, I didn't get to watch practice and stuff earlier in the day, but um, it was the fastest lap times, average speed and lap times uh, in Formula E history as well fastest top speed for formula e cars in formula e's history so portland man just a fast fucking racetrack and uh the watching them go through the chicane three wide with the car control that they had was just wild and my, my friend said the same thing uh he was more enamored by the cars that kept getting damaged and breaking their wings off and then dragging their wings around for 10 laps at a time um but uh it was a uh, it was interesting very nice. cool, man. How'd your friend like it? Oh, he loved it. When we walked out, he was like, 
oh, I'll go back to something like this again. But also, I think, like, the race being just, like, an hour long was really good for him. Um, and it was slightly longer, too, because there was a bunch of safety cars right in the beginning. Um, but uh, So they extended the race. But, yeah, the, the length of it, I think, was also part of the, the draw for him. I don't know that if he came for, like, the Indy Grand Prix, he would enjoy it as much. But maybe I'll get him down here for the Saturday of the Indy weekend because you've got the, the ARCA series and the, uh, I forget what it's called, the the cart series kind of thing, the lower Indy car series to get to run on Saturday. Good stuff, good stuff. We got some local track updates as well. So Slinger Speedway in my neck of the woods. We've we've got the drivers list for the July 11th Slinger Nationals, and we got some big names in this bad boy. So we've got drivers from 11 states represented, and some of the big names that we've got. We've got Eric Jones, Matt Kenseth, Chase Elliott, William Byron, and Ty Majeski are some of the bigger names. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a lot of the local guys as well who. Are running out at Slinger every weekend, so we got Luke Fenhouse, um, Steve Apel. Those are the two big ones that I know and I see mm-hmm. when I get out there at the track. So, man, we got some big Cup guys uh, driving in this thing on Tuesday, July awesome. 11th. I am super pissed that I'm not going to be able to make this race. Blame my work. I might just walk out and go to this instead. We'll see. Yeah, you should. But man, that's cool that Byron and Elliot, Eric Jones, they're they're doing the Slinger Nationals. I'm so pissed. I'm not going to be able to make so it. So why July 11th? Like, why the Tuesday? It's always the same day. It's always on a Tuesday, and I, I don't huh. understand why. I think it's maybe just so they can attract some of these bigger guys on, on a Tuesday, but I, I don't have an answer for you, and I, I absolutely hate it because it always falls on my quarter-end mm. clothes for work so I can never make this bad boy. Gotcha. Mm. That sucks. Um, I've got one more NASCAR storyline, Chicago-related. Mm. This just in breaking news. A six you can't you can't bring a cooler in with you. That's expected. And a six pack of bush light is sixty three dollars. That's expected as well. I'm extremely happy I'm not going to this race. That's I'm just fucking like, bullshit. That's ludicrous. That on its own infuriates me. I'll say that that beer pricing is consistent with other sports venues in Chicago though. I don't think it's okay there either. Okay, no, fair, fair point. But that yeah, yeah. sucks. <laughs> Stop defending $10 beers, I'm not, Brian. I'm not. You're right. I know that that's the normal price. The Atlanta Stadium. That sucks. Fan friendly pricing. You know, $3 pizzas and $6 beers. It's great. Yeah. Whatever. Chicago's going to fuck you, fan pricing. So we're moving on. So we're going to Chicago. Uh, <laughs> we've got Xfinity, 5 o'clock on Saturday, the Loop 121. Three stages, 15, 15, 25, and Sunday, 5.30 Eastern, your Grant Park 220, 20 stage 1, 25 stage 2, 55 stage 3, and this is either going to be the best race of the season or a complete disaster. It's I don't think it's going to be in between. Uh, I think it'll be somewhere in between. We've had uh, a really bad race or two that so far this year. I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think it's going to be, but I, I don't think it's going to be that great either. So, no, I'm I'm over exaggerating. Okay. <laughs> I think it's going to be just fine, and they're going to put on a good show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, on to Smart and Harpex, yeah. Yeah. All let's right. Do let it. me uh, let me break down where we got to after last weekend. Uh, we all picked super consistently, at least in terms of like the rankings and everything. Um, so I had William Byron and Alex Bowman finishing 6th and 17th, respectively, for an average of 11.5. 
New guy, you had Kyle Busch and Bubba finishing 9th and 15th for an average of 12th. And Baby G, you had wow. Joey Logano and Chase Elliott finishing 19th and 4th with an average of 11.5, all within .5 average-wise this week. Um, but overall, wow. our positions are as follows. First place is Baby G with an average of 12.59. Second place uh, with an average of 14.21 is B-Boy. And new guy who will pick first this week with an average of 15.15, bring it up the rear. You know, I think that the a good way to measure this, like your overall performance, I don't know if this is a good way, but one way to measure your overall performance is to look at the number of entries. So we've got like 33 people to enter most of these races. So if you were to just guess randomly, you would expect to get 16.5. Is that correct, would you say? What do you mean? Like, Because there's 36 positions what well, I, I don't know exactly how you're saying this like are you saying like if you were to pick everyone your average would be blank is that what you're trying to say if you were to just randomly pick racers you would expect to be around between like 15 and 18 e- yeah yeah that's about right if it was completely random yeah you're spot on probably weighted a bit higher since we're picking one of them in the top 10 yeah so basically I'm just trying to illustrate to the listener how poorly I'm doing being at 15 <laughs> Well, points. so this is the thing that I think is worth calling out, is how many races this year we have picked odds-on favorites, and they have wrecked or had issues. Yeah. That has happened a ton this year, and yeah. all of us have been screwed by here. it. So. It's rough out here. It is rough. Um, anyway, I'm going to continue my exceedingly mediocre... Uh, choices and I think I'm going to pick oh god I'm going to pick Kyle Busch once mm. again there you go stay consistent uh, team that had won multiple road courses the year before um, not a bad pick not a bad pick at all um, I'm going to go with the easy pick which is Martin Truex Jr <laughs> I'm going to steal it from uh, Baby J because I know he's going to pick him it's all good it's all good I'm going to Throw a little curveball. I'm going to go 20 Christopher Bell this week. Mm, the old C-Bell. Good stuff. Ringing that bell in Chicago. There you go. New guy, who you got? Who's your smart pick? Or hard pick? Let's, let's see here. Boy, oh boy. You know, I'm going to pick... I'm going to pick Tyler Reddick. Ah, damn it. That's who I wanted. Man, just, my perfect Just because of that dang... Michael Jordan. Yeah. Uh, he just Michael dropped Jordan outside Mansky. the top 10, too, so he became pickable for the, the second oh, pick. Maybe. Um, let's see here. You know, let's go with AJ Allmendinger. I'm going with the 16. Baby G? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, he stole mine there at the end there. Um, yes, I got both his picks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Guy that needs a win to get in the playoffs, I'm feeling it. The nine, Chase Elliott. Mm, okay. He also he made up 20 points on uh, 16th place. I know we're going to say the standings here in a bit, but he's closing. He's close. If he closes like that, he'll be there. He in like is closing the gap for sure. But races. I still think, man, he needs that win for sure. For sure, momentum thing. Um, one thing we forgot to call out, and I was going to call it out with our picks here, is that I had picked Alex Bowman this week because he was my driver in our squares that had nine, um, nine of the ten squares filled in. 
needed a seventh place out of him to be able to get uh get get the win and and take all that squares money. Um, ended up having to split that squares money with uh, Sean Ford, who had Harrison Burton getting finishing twenty first. But uh, Alex Bowman, Wheelman, he was remember he was up there uh, leading the race until uh, trying to trying to run as long as he could before he had to pit. Well, by the time he pit, he had way better tires than everyone else in front of him. Dude went from twentieth to seventeenth in the final two laps to get me uh, give me a share of that money. So thank you, Alex Bowman. I want to thank you for that one. Mm. All right. Cool. Uh, that brings us to the end of our smart and heart picks and right into rapid fire. All right, who wants to start us out? I'll keep the tradition going and start it off here. So we, we got the Chicago race, and I think we were talking a couple weeks back about the pricing. And just looking at this pricing, your, your lowest price of admission, general admission, 269. General admission plus, 353. Who is NASCAR targeting with these prices? Because... I would consider us three pretty ad, pretty hardcore fans, and we're kind of priced out on this thing. Like, I thought the whole idea of this street race was to draw in new fans. So, what are we doing with the pricing here? I have no clue. I I mean, I know exactly what it is, and it's it's why Rob McElhenney and uh, Ryan Reynolds just bought an F into an F one team. Money talks. The bigger sponsors are the ones who spend the dollars to keep the cars on the track. Those bigger dollar-spending sponsors are the ones that want to go to premier events like in downtown Chicago and do want to spend $1,000 on tickets and way more than $63 on a six-pack of beer. They're the ones you do this for, and honestly, we should have more races like this just to keep that type of sponsor involved. Um, you know, Rolex is not a sponsor of NASCAR, but at one point it was. Um, you know, even looking at some of the sponsors that we have today, Mahindra Tractors, we're avid NASCAR fans. When are we going to buy a Mahindra tractor? Yes, there are some farmers out there that are going to do it, but who they're actually targeting with those types of ads are the people who own the farms and the farm conglomerates and everything and are going to buy a fleet of those tractors. That's the sponsor, and that's the kind of person that they're trying to get to go to this race. And so, you know, it sucks. I, I, I agree that this is not a for the, the, the avid fan like ourselves. This is where I wish that they would do... Um, you know, Chicago, and then the next weekend go to Road America, reward the real fans by going up there, you know. Um, but you got to have some of these. So, New guy, you got to wrap it Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> um, I did have them written down, but I, ended up, I don't know where. Oh, it's right here. Look at that. Isn't that nice? Um, I covered it up with one of the sheets from my notebook. Isn't that fun? Okay. Do y'all think Chase is going to get into the playoffs? Yeah. He's mathematically able to right now without a win, but he's basically got to get a win. He's only like 60 points out. And again, he made like 20 points up this week. So yeah, I think he's going to make it. He's climbing, man. He gets some stage wins. Gets consistent performances last couple of weeks. He's been doing well. I still think he's going to get a win in one of these races. That's why I'm picking him for the Chicago race. I might pick him every single week until he gets a win and he's outside of that top 10. Reasonable. But Very reasonable. I, I think, man, I just don't see how – I feel like he's just going to turn it on and just go on a tear here and get in. I don't. I, I, I think he'll get in, but he's going to get in on points. I don't think he's going to get in with the win. That would have been a, a, a good 50-50 question there. But what about you, new guy? What do you think? I don't think he's going to get in. You think he's going to miss the playoffs? 
Yeah. That'd be ideal. Um, I'm a contrarian. Love to see it. Love and see it. I'm hopeful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm an optimist and a contrarian. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got some wild card races in here, like Daytona and stuff, that, like, if he wrecks out of those and, and other folks like, like Bowman and some of these guys that are – and Suarez that are right on the border there just finish well enough, like, yeah, he, he might miss. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. Um, I think we might have asked the question that I, I thought of while we were while we were talking, um, which was going to be like, what what uh, uh, city should have a street course? Um, so I'm going to ask the opposite of the question, which is like, which city, either in the U.S. or worldwide, is uh, the least fit to have a, a street course? Now this is a good question. Um, I would say just ignoring the idea that they can fix the roads, um, New Orleans. Yeah, that was where my brain went to. Yep. Those are the worst roads I've ever driven on in (laughs) any American city. My Uber, I had an Uber driver who was telling me about how she like accidentally drove her car into a pothole, had to get it towed out. Yeah. Holy her shit. husband was like, "Why did you drive in there?" And she's like, "What do you think I tried to?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, plus, uh, if you so yeah, you, know, the n- you come in for a pit stop, you get robbed. So that sucks too. Yeah, yeah. The Voodoo Six Hundred. <laughs> wow, you want six hundred miles of it? Damn. Six hundred <laughs> miles. Street There's going to be two cars that finish this thing yeah, on those yeah. roads. Let's fucking go. Yeah. What about you, Baby G? Worst fit for me. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, worst fit. I don't think we should be going to Moscow anytime soon because once you get over there, you may never <laughs> be coming back. Point. So we're going to be seeing a whole hell of a lot of Xfinity guys getting promoted That's to Cup point. if we take the Cup guys over there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that we would need the uh, the, um, the sponsorship dollars that they have since their dollars don't go very far now. So, uh, yeah, some exciting uh, – not exciting. I, I shouldn't have said exciting, but some news out of that region this weekend, um, which uh, – you haven't looked into it you should it's very very interesting stuff so all right yeah i think that this is the premier motorsports and uh geopolitics podcast yeah yeah anytime we want it to become um although every single time i hear the word wagner boss or wagner chief i like think it's something german every time uh can't help it it's reasonable reasonable all right, baby G, got another one? Yeah, we're heading into Fourth of July weekend coming up here. What is your guys' favorite holiday? Whoa. Um, mine is Life Day. Uh it is a holiday that is only celebrated by me and a few other of my friends. But we all get together uh sometime in mid December and we watch the Star Wars holiday special and uh drink a good amount and uh, we all put on robes to be dressed up in the same way as the characters in the movie at the end of the movie, and it's a really stupid and uh, special event. But outside of uh, niche holidays like that, probably Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, yeah, big holiday uh, for me. It's also Thanksgiving. Um, just a good time. Uh, but and the July Fourth is nice. Uh, I, I I found that July Fourth, growing up, I actually kind of 
didn't really like the like going and seeing fireworks has never been an enjoyable thing for me and now that i have a dog it's a, the opposite exactly so um but i did really start to enjoy going out with friends new guy we've done this multiple times on july 4th and grilling in someone's you know backyard in chicago and i uh, did the same thing in boston a number of times and yeah, yeah july 4th a was time. a good one uh like even more so than memorial day and labor day in which we did almost exactly the same things so what about you, baby? Yeah. I'm a Thanksgiving guy. You know, you it's too good. got a little, a lot less stress than Christmas. Mm-hmm. So Thanksgiving, kind of just to get together, you make some food, you drink a ton of wine, eat some pie, watch football. It's kind of just have a whole weekend and just do whatever the hell you want yeah. and yeah. Eat, eat whatever you want, drink whatever you want, go wherever you want. There's no gifts. There's none of that bullshit that comes with it. I just love a nice, chill, long mm-hmm. Thanksgiving weekend. Plus you get to go hunting the next day, or at least I do, which is nice. I go hunting for those uh, yes. females that husbands and boyfriends and fiancés are all gone. So you hit the bars and you pick up some local trash. The nice. ones, oh, Jesus, <laughs> the ones, <laughs> the ones that stay in town and and were left behind. Yeah, I go hunting for leftovers. Make a freaking sandwich. Hey, new guy you breaks out I mean? those pregnancy pants. Baby, I definitely do wear track pants on Thanksgiving for the same reason. So, I'm with you. Oh, absolutely. You know, now that I think back to uh, our past together, I realize that I've actually had two incidents of having pants that were too tight. <laughs> At the wedding yeah, yep. and go-karting. Oh, Isn't yeah. Nice? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. 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 yeah the, we- the, the wedding's the one that, as soon as you said it, it popped in my head as well. <laughs> Hilarious. Too good. Too good. Oh, boy. Um, um, uh, for anyone that doesn't know, I borrowed Brian's pants mm-hmm. at the wedding. Okay. Uh, I'll do one. Do you think this Chicago race is going to be a one and done? Yeah. I think that they've got a contract with the city. They do, but it's up for renewal every year. Okay. Like, they have outs, basically. I think, like, the city probably forfeits money or something on it. But, like, you know, given given the fact that, like, it, it... may not be well received by anyone that isn't wanting to attend or enjoy the event. Uh, I think the whole city of Chicago will come down hard on it. They do every year with Lollapalooza. They do the same thing, but then at yeah. least Lolla doesn't shut down traffic and stuff too, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I can definitely understand the frustration of residents who live around Grant Park because like everyone in Chicago we all talk about how, like, we live in this city and put up with the winter's bullshit in large part because the summer is really, really nice. Mm-hmm. And this is basically closing down people's backyard for – it's already closed down for Lala. Yeah. And this is adding on a few additional weeks yep. out of these precious, precious weeks in the summer. Well, in Lala, actually, they only close it down the three days before. So it's really just a week. They start moving some yeah. stuff in, well, like a week or two in advance. But they really only close the park the week of and so this is this is definitely a much more significant investment there and then obviously with everything they've done towards lakeshore drive um has hurt the traffic over there too so yeah i could see it definitely being a one and done i mean there's been so much complaining already and this thing hasn't even started yet once those cars start driving around the city and just the noise non-stop people are gonna just lose their minds and you're gonna have a pretty vocal opposition to this thing i think when it's all said and done here it's yes. going to be an interesting um, time to get on Twitter and just search 
Chicago and see what people tweet that aren't NASCAR fans, essentially. Um, totally yeah. going to be doing some of that <laughs> on Saturday and Sunday for sure. Same with yeah. the Chicago subreddit. They're already complaining and posting memes. It's, it's been a bit of a shit show over there already. Oh, yeah. no, it's pretty good. It's pretty fun. I saw there's a, uh, I think it's, I don't want to promote a Twitter account that I don't like, so maybe I'll bleep this, but there's a Twitter account called like Nashville Cares, and it's the opposition Twitter account for restoring the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, which granted after this weekend, maybe we don't need the fairgrounds it's a shorter track it's a short track but like maybe we don't need that if we can have this speedway like nashville's super speed or speedway is really good and we have the nashville road course actually maybe nashville should just be where we go and do one of those triple headers that i was talking about um do all three racetracks but yeah it was interesting because like i i stumbled onto that account they tweeted out an image of the crowd on saturday from before the race started so obviously the crowd was thin and they were like, they're investing $160 million, and this is the kind of support that they get. But Sunday was sold out. So I was like, I hate when, when people use, like, straw man arguments or even, like, false fake argu- news, fake news arguments. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck off. What's, we did, like, grilling stuff, but, like, what's the food that you associate with July 4th the most? Like, you specifically, not, like, like humanity or, 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 or Americans. Hmm. For me, it's Italian food. Really? Is it because of the pizzas on the grill? (laughs) It's absolutely not because (laughs) of the pizzas on the grill. Listen to our last episode for some hot pizza talk. But (laughs) I've been going to uh, a friend of mine in my my hometown's house for the 4th of July for for decades. Mm -hmm. Like Since I can remember middle school, high school, all through college, we're back in town. We go to his house and... His mom is a fantastic Italian cook. Their their family owns a Italian grocery store and bakery uh, locally. So you go there, there's no dogs, there's no burgers. It's all you got pasta, chicken parm, salads, mm. homemade cookies, desserts. It's fantastic, dude. So I don't even eat lunch because I know I'm going over there for dinner and I'm just going to carbo load and rock and roll and watch some fireworks. So for me, it's Italian food. Interesting. You got mm. I think it's probably burgers for me. Yeah. I can definitely remember uh I was I as a kid I went to I was at summer camp usually when July 4th would hit and I would just try to eat as many burgers as I could. <laughs> I'm for the listener, I'm 6 foot 3. I'm a tall guy. I had a lot of growing to do to get here. It took a lot of work, a lot, a lot of, of 4th of July burgers. Mm-hmm. I basically just had a bottomless stomach and would stuff my face nonstop. I mean, I'm talking four or five burgers, Damn. and it was really it was a magical time. See, I was I was a dog guy growing up. Uh, when the burgers and dogs came out, everyone go to the burgers. I'll eat all the dogs. Mm. Uh, definitely a big dog guy. I still am. Still enjoy I them. I think I'm more of a dog guy now these days. Yeah, yeah. I'm still, yeah. Chicago's changed me. Yeah, especially like a chili cheese dog. It's just so fucking good. Ooh. Um, you know they sell, yeah. by speaking of Burger Wars, they sell Wendy's chili in the can now. And I saw a review of it that said that it's even better than the Wendy's chili they sell over the counter. Uh, so totally going to buy some dogs and uh, some, some Wendy's chili to put on top. It's going to be good. Uh, but yeah, these days, actually, the thing that I associate most with July 4th was something that I started kind of doing in Chicago a lot more, which was uh, a lot of watermelon, watermelon with some tahini on it. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely watermelon. Too good. That and pineapple, like getting some, some fresh sliced pineapple or buying your own pineapple. Um, 
Very good, very good stuff. Uh, and then uh, pork butt. If I'm doing like meat, that's what I've cooked for folks on July 4th most recently. Um, and, and every time we were in Boston, we did it. I would always cook a giant pork butt. Start it in the morning. By mid-afternoon, it'd be kind of done. Take some of those pineapple slices and throw them on there right before the end and let the let them kind of glaze over it. And, man, that shit falls apart. It's so good. I... I hope that at some point while we're in Vegas, you'll refer to me as pork butt. Uh, no, uh, you're, you're, but, up, you're butt rub. Butt? Okay. Yeah, Brian's sure. famous butt rub, also known as new guy. Oh, too good. All right. Well, I uh, think that brings us to the end of Rapid Fire. <laughs> and right into, Baby G, how about you sing it? New guy reads the standings. Wonderful. Well, coming at a strong first place is Martin Truex Jr. with 576 points. William Byron follows him up 18 points behind, tied with Ross Chastain for second and third. Then Christopher Bell in fourth, followed by Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Ryan the Handsome Dude Blaney in eighth place, 74 points behind our leader. Then Kyle Larson, Joey Logano rounds out the top 10, followed by... Brad Keselowski, Chris Buescher, Tyler Reddick in 13th, Ricky, also a handsome dude, Stenhouse Jr., <laughs> then Bubba Wallace in 15th, and Danielle Suarez rounding out the top 16. 223 points separating Martin Truex Jr. and Daniel Suarez. Big, Any thoughts? Big gap. Big, fellas. Yeah, big gap between 16th and 1st. I hadn't noticed that. That's a, that's a lot. Um yeah, Bowman out, Suarez in. Bowman obviously missed three races earlier in the year, so playing with a little bit of a shorter deck, but uh, definitely heating up for that 16th spot. And like I said, we got a lot of wildcard races left, so could have some new winners. Um, I think it was just a couple weeks ago, right, we had the question of uh, how many new winners will we get between now and the end of the season. And we're starting to see these dog days of summer, kind of like we used to see with NASCAR where – the guys that you expect to be there are the ones that are starting to win. So, um, might just see uh, see the guys at the front pull away, and the battle for sixteenth just be a points race. Yeah, who other than Chase Elliott can you see getting into this top sixteen? Who can you see other than Chase Elliott? I guess Alex Bowman. And I, yeah, yeah, answer. the 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 obvious is Alex Bowman because he's right there. But um, Ty Gibbs as well. He's uh he's been he had a pretty good string of races. I actually didn't hear much about him at all last weekend. Probably finished somewhere in the 18th, the 19th range, my guess. Um, but yeah, uh, I would say Ty Gibbs. I think like as we get further down this summer season, we're gonna get to Michigan, get to Pocono, get a road course. We get uh, uh, Daytona. I think those all kind of pay play pretty well into Ty Gibbs' favor. So I could see him sneaking up and getting into that battle. Yeah, I, I would love to see Corey Wajoy sneak up there too. He's currently hanging on yeah. in 21st, and he's having a decent season so far. A little bit of struggles lately, but man, I'd love to see Corey in that car getting these playoffs and and see what he can do. You know how I love scripting the future here. I uh, what I see for Corey Lejoy is uh, him leading or in the top three, coming to the white flag at Daytona in the final regular season race of the season, and we'll see. How that plays out. Does he get himself in or does he wreck out? 
Cool. Uh, well, I think that brings us to the end of our episode. It's been the Big One Podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed talking motorsports, some geopolitics, some some burgers and dogs talk, as, as we as we do. Um, get some good, nice butt rubbing in. Um, I've been B-Boy. <laughs> I've been New Guy. This has been Baby G. Enjoy that Chicago street race and enjoy your 4th of July weekend. Yes, happy 4th of July, everyone. Rub those butts. Happy 4th of July. Bye. Bye.